Welcome to the first episode of the brand new Race Department podcast. My name is Paul Glover and I am your main host, I guess is what we'll call me. Um, I'm joined in the podcast virtual studio by Mr. Paul Jeffries, Editor-in-Chief of Race Department. Hello, Paul. Hello, Mr. Paul Glover. Hello, people of the internet. <laughs> Great booming voice there. Then not only do we have Mr. Jeffrey in the uh, in the podcast studio, but we also have the one and only Joseph Wright, commentator of Race Department. Good evening, Joseph. Hello, good evening. Are you well, sir? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good. And then, not least, forgetting David Day, the only non-Englishman in this recording this week, the first episode. He's representing the rest of Europe. He's also the communist for the race department. <laughs> you just say See, yeah, communist. The communist, you know, I struggle with words. The communist. Listen, listen, I words sometimes. Right. Good evening, David. I hope you're well. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks you for, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> you're more than more than welcome. So that's the quick introductions over and done with. Um, there's been a lot of news in motorsport and sim racing going on recently. Not only, you know, we'll get on to Formula One uh, in a bit, but first topic I want to talk about, guys, is uh, the announcement uh, recently that Dirt 2 VR is coming. When it originally came out, they said, no, 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 we're not doing VR, and then they've co- done a complete U-turn there. Are you surprised by that, guys? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know whether I'm surprised about it. I mean, I, I was surprised that they weren't doing VR. Um, bearing in mind how popular, obviously, Dirt Valley was with VR. I've been able to play Dirt Valley, the first one, with VR. Amazing. Um, I was surprised that they never did it for, obviously, for uh, Dirt 4. But I'm really happy that they've now announced it back because VR is up and, up and coming. It is one of the biggest things in de- like development right now and the ev- every every sim like this needs it so dirt, dirt 2 i've been watching some videos on it it looks fantastic and vr is needed you're yeah, not like... you're not a vr user are you joseph uh i'm not a big vr user myself but i have used it i have played a lot of dirt and a lot of rallying games with vr and it's it's so much more immersive and i'm so much faster in rallying when you're in vr because everything is just balls to the wall when you've when you're wearing the headset it's fantastic yeah the question for me though paul is they've got vr which is awesome really really pleased but why lock it down to oculus that is a bizarre and a bit disappointing decision i think really yeah, I I, I, I I didn't realize that until today myself actually. And um but there are hacks out there. You can get it working with Vive. There's a an app called Revive that will get Oculus games working. It sometimes takes a bit of tweaking, but there's a guy I follow on um, YouTube called Facepalm who does like normally weekly, but he's been slacking recently, um, about <laughs> VR. Um, and so he normally gives you tips about, you know, this game is an Oculus only game, but if you use Revive or whatever it's called, I think it's Revive, you can get it yeah. to work. So I'm hopeful for the Vive users out there that that'll be that'll be possible. David, are, Just... are you sorry, David? Are you a big fan of VR? Uh, I don't have VR because, um, uh, well, mainly because it is uh, still very expensive right now, yeah. but also because uh, as I 
said many times in my articles, I am a, a pad player, so I play my Sims with a gamepad, with an Xbox 360 pad. So um, I don't know. It really sorry, doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. Uh, it doesn't make much sense for a pad user to yeah, I get to that. use a VR. Yeah. yeah so sorry, Paul. Yeah. I, was, I cut you off there. Were you going to say something? No, you're all right, man. No worries. I just think it's. I know what you're saying about revive and there's community-made hacks. It just feels a bit disappointing in 2019 when blatantly VR is a growing marketplace and there's a lot different equipment out there that they should lock it down to a single user and also sorry a single manufacturer and from what i understand although it's a little bit sketchy out there at the minute i think if you want to run it vr you have to buy it through the oculus store where if you buy it through steam you can only get the screen version which again it just feels like a really awkward afterthought kind of move especially when as you say, as Joseph mentioned earlier, it was part of Dirt Rally 1. And I'm just a bit disappointed. I'm happy. I'm delighted that it's got VR. But I'm disappointed in the execution of how they're looking like they're going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that was that was how they're delivering it. Yeah, it's been they've been very uh, not forthcoming, shall we say, with the exact pros and cons. But it looks very much like it's an Oculus Store exclusive, the VR version, which smacks, of course, of somebody spending, when I say somebody, I mean Oculus, vast amounts of money to get it patched into the game after the event. But uh, yeah, it's awkward. And I think in 2019, I forgot the year then, um, (laughs) most games, especially sim racing games, where you're sat down in a static cockpit environment, VR's pretty much an essential nowadays and it's not coming from somebody with no coding skills that difficult to implement so it it feels yeah a peculiar way to go about doing something but very good news at the same time yeah i guess it's that afterthought thing isn't it where they're kind of just rushing to to get it out there and they haven't maybe thought it through and you never know um they might start adding more and more later I hope so, and I also hope it's uh, a first step towards the next F1 game having VR as well, because that would be an incredibly immersive addition to the title, I think, if they did it, because F1's a good game too. It's a game, it's more arcade, simcade than thoroughbred sim, but I think chucking a VR headset into the equation would really lift that game another level. Especially with the um, the Halo now that's on the cars as well. it would, I agree. It's I mean, I... it's crazy that that VR isn't already in the game. Yeah, with yeah, how, with how yeah. big it was already yeah. growing. Why have they not said? Do you know what? One thing to make this title even bigger is by putting VR because it's so many users, and it, I think it will boost its, well, to its be honest, already Joe, massive numbers. For me, even if it doesn't make a slightest difference to the number of sales, what bugs me is they've taken it off. It's not like VR's brand new to the Dirt franchise. It was in Dirt 1, and they've made a conscious decision not to put it in Dirt 2.0 yeah, but isn't that something at the time. Is a different engine they're using or something now? I think that's what it is. Is it a different engine now? I, I didn't so. realise. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, if I remember rightly, don't don't quote me on that. But um, You're on video, well, dude. Quotes already well, happened. Well, <laughs> audio, audio, Paul. We're, we're in the podcast world now, mate. This is where... The podcast of the future, right? I'm in 1993, man. I have no idea. Where am I? Can I, can I ask same, something? Same time, your haircut. Anyway, right. <laughs> can I ask? To, can I ask something? Yeah, sure. Uh, go on. We're running out of time for this section, but go on. Yeah, just a very quick question. So, 
If uh, the Dirt2 uh, Rally goes uh, with Oculus, does that mean that uh, console players won't uh, be able to play in VR? That's correct. Console PSVR exists for PlayStation 4, but that's very limited for the hardware. So uh, they may bring an add-on like they did last time, uh, but nothing's been said either. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, that, you know, I... Yeah, I hasn't said, haven't mentioned it, but I've I've tried the PSVR. My brother's got it, and it's it's okay. It, you know, he says the Oculus is better, and I and I have to I have to agree with him on that. But yeah, it's it, you know the F. I could sit here all day um, going about VR and 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 the fact they haven't put it in F one game yet. But that you know, we, <laughs> haven't, moving got, we haven't got time for that, ladies and gentlemen. Right, okay. So um, the next news item we want to talk about, and a game that's really starting to impress me. Um, R Factor Two, and um, you know, I know there's there is there is like with any sim, there's a love hate thing out there, especially you read the forums. Some some are avid AC fans, and obviously now they're some are becoming avid ACC fans. And then you've got Ultima Ballista and all the other games out there. And and Paul, you've been talking about some of the old games like Race 07 recently on our YouTube channel oh, and things sure. like that. You know, they're still following, but the GTE cars in R Factor Two, oh my God, they're good fun. Oh, dude, I just, I have got to admit now, people, this is an admission. I am a fanboy of R Factor 2 massively. Although the term fanboy makes me want to go out and hurt people, uh, I adore R Factor 2 and the GTE cars. What they've done with that, GTE cars and the laser scan Sebring is the finest combination in any sim racing game, past, present, and probably future, in my opinion. Wicked, Mm. wicked man. Yeah, Joseph, you, you're a fan of the Audi like myself, aren't you, in the GTE pack? Uh, yeah, the Audi, definitely my favourite car of them all. But ultimately, I think any GT car that I'm getting in in R Factor 2, all of them are surprising me. Not only the GTEs, but also in the GT3s. Every single one that I've driven, I'm just amazed by. the. It just sounds amazing. It drives amazing. It looks amazing. And I, I think that is... Really, R Factor 2 is stepping up their game with the content that they um, are starting to bring out. And the only thing that I'm waiting for until it is the love of my life is their UI update, which (laughs) I don't even know when it's still coming because they've been teasing it for like a year now. That's the thing. And I've had this debate with a person that shall remain nameless at race department. (coughs) Bram. R Factor 2 is an incredible, incredible, incredible sim, but they make it so hard to like it with complex, not complex, just awkward UI. It's difficult for me. I like immersions, my friend. I've not got as much time as I used to, so I do more offline racing than I've ever done before. Yeah, that's what I do as well. It'd be nice if I could just select who I want to race against. I don't want to race against 32 McLaren Shadow 720S. I want to race against deliveries I want. The drivers I want, I want that, it to be much easier to get into it. That you've just bought that up actually. The drivers you want, the liveries you want. That's one thing that is really I cannot get into R Factor Two because I've been doing a lot of um, offline championships on Autumn Ablista, something I love. It's you're up against the same names. You can create the driver names and you can have all these different people that you're up yeah. against. And then you go into R Factor Two. Every single race that you do. Different names, different livery, repeated liveries. It's just, it's not as immersive because you are, you've got a car that has the name Senna on it 
and you're up against someone named Brexit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've got all these stupid names, and it's just like words. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, Jesus. Don't, don't start talking about politics, Joseph. Jeez. Hey, it was just saying. No, no, no. And I've got no interest in it. I said the first away. thing that came to mind, and unfortunately <laughs> in the UK, that's the first thing that comes oh, to mind. blimey. But yeah, the UI stuff will be interesting, because that's one of the biggest complaints you see from yep. other users, isn't it? The UI. Well, they, didn't they say when they bought, they're bringing out the UI, they also are going to be bringing out a championship um a championship yeah, like thing. a competitions element. So a little bit like uh, European iRacing, I think, is the intention. So scheduled events, uh, scheduled championships, there'll be different prizes and whatnot for, for certain themed events and that kind of thing. So the thing we are factor, and this is what I try and get across to anybody I talk to, that, that this is it. It's, and I might be being a bit controversial saying this. It's not a pick-up-and-play sim in my opinion. You can, absolutely. You can go in and do a, a, a one-off race with no practice. That, that's possible. But it's the kind of game where the more mileage you put in, the more you get back out. So yeah. it's the kind of thing where you want, you really need to put 2,000 kilometer pre-season testing in before going and doing the race to get the... It's so detailed that you've got to absolutely know and understand and live and breathe and feel the car. And that can only be done by getting under its skin and really, really practicing, especially in an endurance environment. It's incredible. Uh, so it's uh, not a game that you can dip into and dip out of, I don't think. Sorry, Joe, go uh, on. No, no, no. I, I think you're entirely right. And that's one thing that, I'm I'll, again, I'll go back to Automobilista because it's, it's the closest relative to R-Factor 2, as it were, because yeah, obviously yeah. it's based off of the R-Factor uh, software. And the reason I'm going back to that is because in that, with the championships that you have, the offline championships you can do, having an hour and a half practice for two 40-minute races, I can do that. I do that every day. And I have been doing that in the, in the box of but I go on to R Factor 2 and I'm thinking out of it it's only one race weekend yes I've got a two hour race cut that I've decided to do in the uh, the Orica but I don't want to do a, uh, an hour practice half an hour qualifying I just want to basically there's no outcome to this it's literally just a one off race so I'm just going to get into the car and drive and for me that's a letdown in the sim I want to have an ultimate goal and they're not ability yeah. on that it's just it makes me i love r factor 2 and i can drive it online but it's lacking in offline playability and i think that's a lot of stuff that will come with a new eye i mean davide do you are you a, an r factor 2 uh, player at all uh, my guys are you yep go on. Oh, okay i was uh, i wasn't hearing anything <laughs> sorry <laughs> well, let um, you speak for once yeah, <laughs> no, um, I was about uh, Joseph and Paul. Um, and what I was thinking while they were talking is that what uh, I find um, that I don't really like with the uh, development of our Factor 2, the fact that they seem to have completely uh, dropped uh, the historical content, mm -hmm. uh, cars and trucks, which is something that, um, I don't know, it makes me a bit sad because... Uh, uh, in the beginning, uh, um, ISI seemed to uh, be focusing on that kind of content. We got some uh, really, really nice cars uh, and trucks. Do you know why I think that is, though, a... David Day? I think that's because there's not. Um, it's got a bit. The modern cars have got a bigger appeal. 
Yeah, yeah surely. You know, that, and I think that, the main that, no, thing, you know, they, they know where their market is. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That I perfectly. I personally, I find the, the historic cars look amazing. They sound amazing, but God, they're hard to drive. Oh, yeah, very and, difficult to drive. And, yeah, you know, I just sometimes want to just jump onto a race and have some fun, you know? Um, I, I, actually, one minute. Yeah, Sorry, but... just thinking about it. You say that, David. Um, you say that, uh, obviously, they're focusing more on the modern content. Yeah, they've bought out the uh the packs which are the gt packs the formula e packs yes you say that but if you think about some of the content that they other content they've released for free you've got the whole group of mclaren formula one cars true yeah true. Yeah, yeah joseph but yeah. i have to remember you something that uh, um if i remember correctly it was uh isi uh a bit of uh, time ago they said in one of their um uh, their uh, updates uh, or roadmaps uh, that, uh, if I remember correctly, maybe um, Paul Jeffrey can uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they had the license for the uh, F1 1967 season. Uh, I believe all of the cars, uh, maybe only Ferrari, was out. And yes, that is something right. that uh, a lot of people, me including, would like to see in our factor too. I mean. Can you imagine Air Factor 2 with the 1977 F1 season? That would be amazing. Yeah, they released the M McLaren F1, the Ant car, and the 1988, 1999. Yeah, yeah. Pattern. But uh, they're sort of a, a one-off, uh, if, uh, if the term is correct. Uh, I mean, yeah, you get the 1976 McLaren M23, but uh, you can race it uh, only against... Uh, other M23. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. boring. That's boring. Um, yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's... Right. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, we're just. We're already. We're, we're, I'm just conscious of the time, and we want to move on. So next topic. Uh, we well, I think we need to talk about the race department mini challenge 2019, sponsored by Extreme Sim Racing. Joseph and I will probably know more about this than the uh, the other two in the room, uh, the virtual room, anyway. Um, Joseph the other I... two. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> PJ and uh, Davide. Um, so, yeah, just so you know, because we've got two pools, we're going to try and refer to myself as PG and, and Mr. Jeffrey as PJ, but we'll see if that's Because that's, to, they're uh... massively different, uh, they're massively different sounding <laughs> tags. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Joseph, give us your um, a quick review on um, what you thought of the uh, Race Department Mini Challenge this year. Uh, well, it ended the same way that we thought it was going to end with Ross McGregor on top, of course. Uh, but it certainly wasn't an easy running for him. It was battling all season long between every single driver, every single circuit. And I, I think we all know that the one letdown of the season, so there's no point in going there because all of the races, we had the double race at Imola. First race was fantastic. Six, bat six cars battling for the win almost all race long. Uh, the second race, the reverse grid, we saw Mr. Bram Hengeveld get onto the podium. Great for the reverse grid to show what it was going to do for the season. Um, then we obviously went across to Brands Hatch, my favourite circuit. We saw race slot, like the, the entire 40 minutes of racing. We saw battling by all of the drivers for all positions, unfortunately, apart from first position, but it was great to see. We then went to um, Austria, where obviously wasn't able to be live streamed at the uh, at that time because of issues, obviously, with my internet. But yeah, that race, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the race itself, though, we obviously saw a massive turning point in the season because of Butcher and McGregor's collision in the opening race really affected McGregor's race. Uh, Butcher's penalty, obviously, that came on to that. We then had the reverse grid. It showed, again, some great racing. Butcher was able to come back thanks to the reverse grid. Uh, then go to, what was it, the penultimate round, Al uh, Alton Park. Again, great race long, uh, uh, battling. We saw uh, Craig Patterson do a fantastic job. We saw Matt Legale really pull back after a big mistake near the start of the race. And then we went to Hockenheim Ring, the first race, race long, battling. And once again, McGregor did it at Alton Park and the first race at Hockenheim. He took the win on the last lap and it's just showing how dominant he is to be the first double rdmc champion yeah i i thoroughly enjoy commentating on that I, you know like you said we had some technical issues but um yeah what what's just those minis i mean i'm not a, i'm not a fan of auto ballista i'm sorry oh! yeah i'm sorry I, 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 i'm sorry the mystic lover get out get out now I'm sorry i'm sorry and, I'm, and i and i tried those minis and i wasn't a fan of that but oh no the minis no i'll, I'll agree with you that i do not like front wheel drive cars but, but, but i do love oh boys but, we need sound effects where people say disappointing things <laughs> <laughs> right, those, those kind of things will come as we get more and more into it don't worry i'll um but it but the thing was we'll get a that, crowd by the end but, of it. but the thing is is that they do what is good about slow cars like the minis i mean you could say the same about the like the fear in in uh Seta corsa um you know they they make good close racing um and that is what you saw during the league okay there was a bit of shoving here and there and some people you know uh, i think it was questionable uh driving standings particularly in the last race which is a shame because i think that kind of maybe damage it put a damper on the yeah, entire season because yeah. it was it great racing all season long and you're yeah. right there was a few bumps and scrapes yeah but and then, that, but, that... you know but the but you know stewards have taken their actions and and people yeah. have, have lost points or you know or potentially been black flagged or whatever so yeah um and it kind of put a sour taste in it in the mouth really for me but i loved it i mean i was so excited and you know i was getting excited watching people do sim racing you know, and and that's what it's all about, and it's and and the and the community aspect of it, and everybody's so well done. This one, yeah, loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I can't wait for the, for the next league that we do because I think we're just getting bigger and better. So if you, if you haven't watched any of the races, feel free to check out our YouTube channel because they're all up there. They're also on our Twitch channel um, for you to watch back as well. Right, so I, I must just say on. quickly before we move on at yeah. this, uh, I I have to now ask uh, PJ and Davide. Did either of you watch any of those races? Because I want to know your opinions if you did. Yes. Who goes first? Okay. Oh, oh you wow. go first, mate. You go first. Uh, um, I could see only some uh, some bits because I wasn't able to uh, to follow the the season or sometimes the entire races. Sometimes when I got the chance, I followed some bits, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it was. Um, not enough to to be able to say something about it uh, i don't want to give uh, wrong uh, uh, opinions about it so i leave uh, pj talk about it well how do i follow on from that thorough review <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i didn't see the last two rounds for various reasons but uh, i loved it i mean i'll be honest to echo uh, paul g 
minis or that kind of front-wheel drive, low-speed, tin-top type car just make for awesome racing. And yeah. I think congratulations to everybody that took part. And that's the organisers, the streamers, commentators, the competitors and the fans as well. Just apart from what I've heard about uh, a few shenanigans going on towards the end, fantastic racing, real class act throughout the field and Division 2 as well. So, uh, yeah, top top show. Looking forward the thing, to what next I liked one. about it, Paul, was there there was the two divisions. And so, you know, the Division 2 drivers, as, as the season went on, you know, start, a couple of them got promoted um, you yeah, know, and, and, nice. and Frank, Frank won, like, I think every single race he was in, in division one for the last race and he, you know, he's struggling to get into the top 10, you know, and it just kind of shows you that step up from division two to division one is bigger than I think we had anticipated. Um, absolutely brilliant. The reverse grids work. Yeah. Need to see more yeah. of that, mixing it up, making it fun. And yeah. And it, and it just, I, hopefully really another, the next one's in the works and we'll have yeah. another one before the end of the year. Cause I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I know Obviously a, we know teaser trailer out there already, isn't there? So, uh, for the, uh, no. yeah, yeah. The Arnold touring cars is coming yeah. out obviously very soon, but I really want another mini. People really liked it a lot. Uh, the, the season of the, the season of the mini challenge, challenge, especially I saw on the forums that, uh, on the, on the race department that people liked it uh, a lot. So, um, yeah, I think Fantastic. that is something to, to push uh, further because people like it and like, enjoy to, to race in it and, uh, new people want to take part. So I think that it was a success. And just to sort of quickly finish off on that one as yeah. well, it's awesome to see uh, Extreme Sim Racing and the Wicked uh, rig that they oh, offered up. As oh, nice yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lily, what a lucky boy. Big, but from big, running big out of fuel at the first race. race. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up with a rig. I mean, that's, that's some sort of consolation prize, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you can get away with that being pretty decent. But I mean, but, just uh, one do you know last what? thing on that, though, is just yeah. it's why I love race department. We had... Yeah. The top league, esports growing massively, but it always seems to be geared around the absolute aliens, which is fine, and people want to see that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But not everybody's got the skill or the time or the equipment, and we or put on, this is to blow our trumpet a little bit, we put on the top league, which is great for the real fast boys, but there's also other people that want to get involved and enjoy our sport, and they got to do that in Division 2 and could be promoted if they want. And I think it's very important to remain inclusive for all different yeah, skills. I think you are completely right. It is very inclusive, obviously, to everyone. And absolutely anyone could have won that rig. Even non-drivers could win yeah, that rig. Obviously, indeed, we were handing out indeed. tokens throughout the season. It just shows how great it is that we're getting these sponsors in. And it's not saying, oh, these sponsors want the best of the best and they only want to hand out their things to the best of the best. They're Stop saying, look, we've got these big sponsors, but... That doesn't mean we're going to be any less humble. It doesn't mean we're going to be less uh, inclusive with what we're offering because we e are still race yeah. department yeah. and it, we are showing this is how every e sport masses, should be. Mate. Bringing it to the masses, right? <laughs> okay. you know, I'm not. I'm not doing very well at keeping us on time here, so we're going to overrun. <laughs> but anyway, I just love how the conversation just flows. Um, so the next topic, the news item, it's not something we we particularly promoted at race department, but it was something that caught my eye on um, social media because I, you know, do the race department Twitter and Instagram and, and whatnot. So um, the gentleman driver that got released on Netflix, I think about three or four weeks ago. Now, Mr. 
PJ, you are a huge WEC fan, aren't you? You you follow all that probably more than I do. If it's got wheels and an engine, I'm into it. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been so so I've been to Le Mans twice. I've also watched the six hour Dura rates at Silverstone. Um, my mate won some tickets, we slept in a tent, it was very nice. Um but I didn't realise this whole thing about gentlemen drivers. Um and is that what Chris Hoy did when he raced in Le Mans? Is that what he did? Yeah, and the Stig. Don't forget the Stig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. GT <laughs> racing is an amazing category of motorsport because obviously almost every GT championship in the world, and that's national level series like British GT or ADAC GT Masters in Germany, up to the international level, which WEC or Blank Pan Endurance Series, there's different badges merits of gold, silver, uh, bronze and whatnot. And obviously you've got your high-level professionals. Then you've got returning drivers. I mean, Ricardo Patrese, uh, for those of you who don't know, used to race Formula 1 back in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made a comeback at 58, 59, or maybe even early 60s. Uh, last year at the Spa 24 in Blankpan as a gold driver, so a former professional returning uh, to cockpit. And then you also get, like the video, like the gentleman driver, you get well-heeled amateurs, or uh, it may be people with sponsorship. It, traditionally, it's businessmen that have, have got plenty of coin and instead of playing on computer yeah. like we so, do, they go I, drive a Lamborghini. So for the Brits, I mean, David Day won't know this name, but Noel Edmonds, I remember him having a team. <laughs> no. was, it, was it in the Panos. 90s? I went to their very first race at Donington Park. Uh, yeah, they had the Panos Esperante GT1. they had? Was that what they no, had? Pan- Panos uh, Esperante right, okay. Because I remember watching a documentary wow. about that. I know there was a documentary about that, and I'm going to try and hunt it down to read. It to was, remember. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, gen- the gentleman driver, I mean, you know, so I watched the trailer, and um, and I, I know the, I forget the name of the, the guy that commentates the, the races, but he's been in a, other documentaries that I've watched before. Um, and these guys, you know, and it, basically takes you over i think it's the 2016 2017 season in it so it's a couple so it's a couple of years ago um because these things take time to make and i'm just amazed with the dedicated i mean i know these guys are paying and they're keeping the sport going as well and that's what i think was like you know they basically said without these guys there wouldn't be these teams yeah yeah, Um, absolutely and and that's just remarkable yeah they are prone to mistakes unfortunately because they're not as you know they're not necessarily pro but one guy and i can't remember his name i can't remember any of the guys names in it but you know i don't want to spoil it too much because i want people to go watch it on netflix it's readily available he was so dedicated i mean i think he must have been in his 50s but boy was he putting the effort in like he was his exercise routine everything was just unbelievable and it was just such an eye-opener I mean, I've not seen the program or the trailer yet, but just to sort of add to that, just because they're called gentleman drivers and they're not professional drivers, some of them are literally, they just turn up on Thursday, go racing and go, oh, but that's doing them a disservice. There are some gentleman drivers that are absolutely at the point of as good as or better than professionals. I mean, I think it's Paul Dallalana, the Canadian, who's driven for Aston Martin forever. He's a gentleman driver. He's a non-professional but he's still, the quality of that, he's an absolute quality driver. So uh, just because the gentleman drivers, it basically means they don't do motorsport for a living. So 95% of the British GT grid, you could class as a gentleman driver, I suppose, because Amazing. they've got income from elsewhere. But the commitment's often higher. Like us, we don't get paid anything to go to sim racing, but you'll spend hours 
on your rig yeah. going into the league yeah. race. The same yeah. sort of crack, but obviously they've got Lamborghinis and yeah, yeah. we've not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I believe that uh, gentleman drivers uh, as a category uh, compensate the fact that they are not uh, professional uh, racing drivers uh, with uh, their passion because yeah. they want to be on the racetrack. It's, uh, it's their uh, ultimate goal, their, their main uh, uh, passion in life, what uh, burns, uh, burns inside their, uh, their soul. So... Um, they may not be professional, but they put their heart into it, and so they uh, they manage right. to deliver some great racing when they are actually in the car on the track. And Paul, sorry, David, I got gone. No, no, I was just closing with uh, with a thought that uh, it's um, uh, it's something like uh, um, I don't know uh, a legacy that goes on with the. Um, with the racing from uh, some decades ago where uh, there were a lot of gentleman drivers. Uh, um, That's how a lot of racing started out, buying, I think. Yeah, you so know, the fact that... Cars, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, buying, buying uh, a private car uh, with, the, with which they would go out to the grocery shop and then on Sunday racing. So what I mean is that uh, it's nice that uh, still nowadays uh, this category of people exists, the gentleman driver. People that um, do racing uh, not for a living, but because uh, of a passion. That is, this is really nice, especially in these days. Yeah, absolutely. And as Paul G mentioned at the beginning, uh, championships like Blankpad literally would not exist if it wasn't for gentlemen drivers. Because yeah, keep yeah. the numbers up, they keep the income in, they keep teams afloat. So yeah, and- critical element. And you've got people like Chris Harris from Top Gear in the UK, you know, that's been taking part. I guess that pulls punters in because he's, yeah, you know, yeah. he's got a following of such. Um, we're not going to get time to talk about it, but Jensen Button, you know, has got some association with a Blank Pain GT team. Again, you know, it gets, it in, gets the, that in the news, doesn't it? And um, and we watched a bit of Blank Pain, didn't we, Mr. PJ? Um, between hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of working we did see 15 minutes of it with a (laughs) beer yeah that's right but yeah i got the vip treatment which is uh very very nice oh you'll give over man still going on about (laughs) (laughs) right okay so that's the the news items we want to talk about and um we want to talk about Mr. Uh, Joseph Wright's favourite sport, uh, which I know is not not true. Which is not true. <laughs> um, so Formula One netball, yeah, netball uh. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Formula One 2019 season is uh, upon us. It, I, you're wrong. It's actually beach volleyball. Right, I think okay, that's everybody's <laughs> favourite sport. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can understand why. Right, so um, yeah, the skills on show, obviously, oh, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> the way they throw themselves about. Oh, oh. right, brilliant. athleticism at its finest. Yes, right. Yeah. If only I could. I'd, jump I'd let them play with my balls. Right. Ooh. So, uh, Formula One 2019 season is like round the corner now. Um, today, yeah. as we record. The season st- uh, testing started in Barcelona, of all places. Um, and Kimi Raikkonen's already put in the gravel, so we can see what this season's going to be like. Yeah, and and Vettel, oh, and Vettel managed to spin already the car. Well, it is. <laughs> he's deliberately testing how the car recovers from a difficult situation. That's yeah. all. Mansell used yeah. to do that. The, the, the situations Mansell he is inevitably going to end up in. So, 
the the first things I've noticed is like the, the I haven't. I'll be honest. There's been quite a few rule changes, um, but I think the biggest difference. You look at the new cars. I looked at the McLaren earlier on, and you can see. And then also the Mercedes have done it really well. They you can see how the halo is now better in the car. Does that make sense? Like it's part of the car rather than it's just being bolted on as a last minute afterthought. It's a bit better in the garage, and then just not bother with it on the car at all would be wonderful. But hey, it's what we've got. It's what we've got to deal. I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter about the halo. I can tell. I can tell. (laughs) As as they say, in frozen, let it go. Um, But but I think the the, and then also the front wings. If you look at the cars, they're so sim. They're so much simpler. Yeah, but they're so massive. They're massive. They're so big. I'm hugely know. worried about the front wings. I don't think it's going to... I mean, I am no aerodynamicist, but I don't think it's going to make a great deal of difference to the racing. But you've now got a massive area of the car that's just asking to get damaged in close combat situations. Yeah. Imagine that. You, you say that, Monaco. you've got a massive area of the car that's going to be damaged in close combat This is Formula One. There's no close combat situations. Ah, touche, good sir. Touche. <laughs> You're right. That is true. And that's, right. the, yeah, that's but... the reason why they've made these changes, Joseph, because they want cars to be, you know, because the air, because what happens is as the, as the airflow goes through all these fins and little bits they add on, the cars behind struggle to be within The thing the is, distance. I was watching uh, an interview earlier today with somebody who I have totally forgotten. And they were saying, yeah, it's fine. You've changed the front wing arrow and the rear wing arrow. That's great. But all the dirty air, all the effect is on the underfloor and they've not touched it. Right. So it's going to be negligible at and best. And the side barges as well, I think they have an effect as well, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. But most of it, if you think the air comes into the wing... The wing then channels it over the wheels underneath the car to the turning vanes. That goes into diffuser, which sucks it to the floor. Yeah. And then diffuser and rear wing spit it out. If you're not messing with the floor, if you've not touched the underfloor at all, then the same problem's still going to exist. Okay, the wake that comes off the rear of the car is going to be larger because the wing is bigger. but And it's going to be the dirty air is going to be dissipated wider, so it's not going straight into the front of the car behind. But all the 90, I don't know what the actual figure is, but a massive percentage, 80, 90, 90% of that dirty air, which is the problem. So the air that comes out of the back of the car, all messed up, so the car behind can't use it properly, comes underneath the car. You don't touch that. You, you, it's a sticking plaster over a massive gaping wound, and it's just kind of doing what Formula 1 does best, seeing a problem, ignoring it, and then putting a half-assed solution together that actually won't improve anything do you, that could, do you think that could be a thing though for the smaller teams to you know deal with the cost implications of more and more changes so they're slowly trying to transition rather than hitting them hard in one go joseph i see your, your point yeah. yeah no i i think that formula one has got to the point where it's it's for the big teams it's for the mclarens the ferraris they're the ones that are going to be able to always be out the front purely because they have the money to oh, no, make you did watch these last changes season, right and you saw where mclaren were right <laughs> yeah not mclaren so <laughs> Mercedes. thinks it's 2012 yeah, <laughs> that 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 that's that, that was my, that was my, me just being stupid that was me being hopeful that's what that was i, I meant think they mercedes got a and to be Ferrari. near the front not quite there but no, think, no 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 yeah. <laughs> I, well, it's 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 the big teams. They're the ones with the money. They're the ones that can make the changes. Of course, yeah, McLaren obviously haven't, but that's because the moment they went across to the Honda engine, they were they were going to be at the back of the grid all the time because their engines are always going to be the other side of the circuit. Uh, the the what I think is Formula One. It 
it has been obviously getting a little bit better with uh, the rules that they're bringing in to influence overtaking. Last season, obviously, we saw a little bit more overtaking with the uh, rules that they brought in. Um, I think that Formula One has got to the point where it needs to be not on equal pegging because I, I, otherwise you can just go into uh, a spec series and just watch the racing there. But the money that the top teams are allowed to spend is way too much compared to the teams that Alfa Romeo Sauber can spend and that Force India, not Force, whatever it's called now, Racing Point can spend. I think the money's aspect of it is meaning that we're never going to see the smaller teams work their way to the front because they just will never have that opportunity. Yeah. Go on, That's David, a point. David, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, about what Joseph was saying about the money, I think that, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a quick solution that comes to my mind is that uh, instead of having uh, most of the money going to the uh, top uh, finishing teams, they might uh, do the other way around so that uh, the lower you go in the final um, classification, the more money you get with the sole intention of giving you um, a better chance to be able to compete next season. But I don't know, this is probably a stupid idea. In general, I think that um, um, BJ was talking about uh, the problem of dirty air not entirely solved, and I agree. And also another fact that uh, with the uh, last seasons, we have the cars that uh, are made uh, for... uh, uh, to have a, a lot of speed uh, to go almost everywhere uh, full throttle uh, because of their uh, aerodynamics and their tires and that is also a big problem uh, yes. uh, in my opinion because uh, and this this example I'm going to make is not mine it's from Gilles Villeneuve who made it uh, uh, back when side skirts uh, were a, a problem like uh, the one we are having now with aerodynamics and he said if everyone is going flat out in every corner, where do I make an overtake? And he was yeah. perfectly right back then, and he's perfect. And he would be perfectly correct even now. You can't have all that aerodynamics. You can't have the, those tires sticking everywhere. You have to to have an exciting uh, race. You have to uh, make the cars uh, less. Uh, uh, less uh, grippy, less um, I don't know, stick to the to the tarmac, and that is a problem that has not been solved. Yes, the cars are a bit slower this year, but the problem has not been solved. I don't solved know how much slower they're going to be, though, David. Day, to be honest with you, I mean, I know Ferrari came out and said they reckon their car is going to be one and a half seconds slower a lap. But that could just be them, and just you know, you don't really know. I mean, you look at the no, time. no, no. I think I think that is true because uh, I mean, the front wing, uh, uh, it's uh, it's become more of a drag uh, than than last season. I mean, uh, right now it's uh, it's um, it's made to be slower. Uh, with so there is going, there is definitely going to be some um, some pace lost. Uh, uh, how much is going to be seen uh, then on the track? Because yes, the, their statement can be um, can be not entirely correct, uh, but uh, surely there's going to be uh, I don't know pace lost, uh, uh, probably in corners uh, or maybe on the streets. Well, I mean, yeah. I think 
your Villeneuve quote, Davide, was absolutely right. For me, I've written an article about this and I got hammered for it. So I think I'll probably get the same on this. Nobody, nobody ever said Formula One has to be the peak of technology. It's become the peak of technology now. But for me, Formula One should be the pinnacle of racing. The only way to achieve that is to lop 90% of the aerodynamics off. So lose 90% of the aerodynamics, have longer braking distances with less exotic materials under braking. You go to watch a Formula One race, you can't tell the difference. When I went, my first Grand Prix was 1996. At the time, Williams were dominating. And at the back of the grid were a team called 40 Course, who were running three, four, five, six seconds off the pace. You can't tell on the track, apart from the Williams is glued and the 40 is going sideways and is all over the place. It's not going to lose any spectacle if you drop 10 seconds off the lap time. It's not a problem. But if cars are three wide and they're overtaking each other properly, not through gimmicks and stupid DRS and things... (laughs) it will become the pinnacle of motorsport. High-end technology is things like Formula E and the World Endurance Championship. That's where you try all things like that. Formula One should be de facto best racing in on the planet. And it's absolutely nowhere near that at the moment at all. I, yeah. I think you're, you're right there in saying that the DRS and stuff. Basically, all the overtakes in Formula One right now are manufactured. Yeah, they are just yes. made. Yeah. And they are. And I... Sorry, something yeah, I want to talk about um, before we get onto the new tyre compounds <laughs> um, is that, you know, a lot of the good races, we have some brilliant races, but it was when the weather was there. The weather was mixing it up. You know, if you take away the fact when it rained here and there and there was downpours and, you know, because it, it adds an element of risk for the drivers, you know, like round half the circuit, it's wet. Round the other half of the circuit, it's dry. Is it going to all completely dry up? Do they do they go for the intermediates? Do they go for the do they go for the slicks? I mean, I can't remember which race it was, but you know, the, it actually turned out if you went for the slicks, it was the wrong decision. And I love that, and you know, but you can't, and I, that's why uh, Bernie Eccleston, before he sold, um, uh, you know, Formula One, is that you know he talked about artificial rain because <laughs> they want they, they you know he knows that it's boring. He wants something to. But don't you think that's I, interjecting I think... something that's fundamentally wrong? Yes, I agree. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, it shouldn't it's good be in rain that case. because you don't need aerodynamics. Yeah, it should be about what you said. It should be about the racing. It shouldn't be anything more than that. We shouldn't. Well, have I, any I think. I think what you should do. Is you look back at the racing, obviously, everyone says that F1's heyday was back in what the 80s and 90s, and why was that? Because where was the technology back in the 80s and exactly. 90s? It, there wasn't, it was all driver skill. And Formula One's supposed to be the pinnacle of motorsport, it's supposed to be yeah. the best of the best drivers. Were, I mean, so, why are we seeing did start creeping in around then? I mean, you've got the Williams yeah. that you know had the yeah. funky suspension, and that's why they won the championship hey, and other bits and pieces. You, you, you obviously do have that, but you don't have all the you don't have the ABS traction control, yeah. fuel mixture modes, yeah. you don't have the ERS modes, the DRS. Get rid of that because that's not what. I makes you a the good batch, driver the pack thing i think is still relevant to me because you know because we know fuel is not going to be around forever um, but does but does form sorry to interrupt you paul but yeah. it's really pertinent does formula one need to be relevant or is it about burning colossal amounts of fossil fuel to go really really quickly and race hard I was going to say, what, what NASCAR, enjoying. where's your energy recovery system in yeah. NASCAR if you really motor, want to talk about that? Motor racism, motor <laughs> racing racism is escapism. Circles fast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> motor <laughs> racing is escapism, it's sport, it's something that you look at to take your mind off the world. And 
good. I mean, the best motor racing you can get, go and watch Ginetta Juniors or Renault Clio oh, or, yeah. or something fan. like that. British touring cars. I, mean, I know it's not, you know, it's not a, a worldwide sport, but you've got the world touring cars. Well, what is any now, touring car are. series, Paul? Yeah, any touring car. They? Yeah, yeah, they are. But any, put, put any slow, slower car. In a race, you are going to see fighting because the slower the car is, it means it's harder to pull a gap. And that means it's always door to door. It's always well, great it's to witness. It's not dependent on speed. Renault Clio Cup, if they all went 200 miles an hour, the racing would still be good because there's no aerodynamics. You can compete with each other. Sport shouldn't have to be relevant to the world. Football, probably the most popular sport. I hate football, but probably the most popular yeah, sport same. in the world. Why don't they make it so the football that's travelling however many miles over the course of a 90-minute match recovers energy and powers a small village somewhere because no one gives a toss. It's, <laughs> it's sport and it's entertainment. So why should Formula One suddenly yeah. be developing this, that and the other? It yeah. should just be a bloody good race that you sit down and go, hey, up, I've watched that for 90 minutes. Yeah. I've not fell asleep yeah. and I really enjoyed it. And I I need get, to you know what? Up. Yeah, you're no, right. I, you're right. I'm, I'm in your camp now. Yeah, yeah you're right. You've for, Formula E, that's where... You, that's what the next generation is. Yes, when we finally run out of fossil fuel and we are forced to run electric in, I don't know, 100 years' time or whatever, because if, if it was so vital that we're going to run out of, of fossil fuel within the next 20 years, we would all be running electric by now. But we're not, because we're not. So I think right now, let's have that really good racing. And in 100 years' time, when we've got to go electric, we can go electric. At that time, they'll also create some really good well, sound machines that replicate the sound of the engines, the proper engines, instead of the stupid whining oh. noises that electric engines are. I love Formula E. I love watching it. It's great close battling. But I can only watch it on mute because otherwise it's ridiculous. Well, Formula One in 20 years, 30 years' time, will be Zedon Racer, which is available in the next couple of months <laughs> on PC and console. Oh, what a pain. Are you getting paid for that? Ooh, we don't know if we I got like, a minute. Oh, I don't I did, have you actually wondered, Paul, have you tried Zedon Racer? No, because the short period of time that we had access to the beach, I'd forgot. And then when I went to log on on Monday, it was closed. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're doing that, but it is, it's, it's a good game, but it's, I don't think it's going to be as popular as no, people think. No. It looks cool, anyway, but what it is, right. I don't play like yeah. it. I just wanna, <laughs> before, before we talk about the car, the announcements, and uh, the drivers, I just want to point out that the compounds, right? This is what I find ridiculous with Formula 1. So... So last year, they were called, they, just bear with me here. Last year, they were called Ice Blue Hard, White Medium, Yellow Soft, Red Super Soft, Purple Ultra Soft, and Pink Hyper Soft. No, no, no. They're, they're doing really good this year, aren't they? Because they're going back to what a Formula Get One game did, which was Hard, Medium, and Soft. They got, no, they're called Compound 1, Compound 2, Compound 3, Compound 4, Compound 5. Yes, the reason they've done that is because each weekend they'll choose three compounds that are allowed to go to a race weekend. The hardest will be called Hard, the middle one will be called Medium, and the softest one will be called Soft. And every weekend they go, they will have Hard, Medium, and Soft. That is why, it's because their option for in the weekend one, yeah. Tire Compound 1 can be Hard, but in weekend two, Tire Compound 3 can be Hard. Why that's why they they've just, done it. 
Why can't they just have two tyres really stupidly hard yeah. that's five seconds off at yeah. pace yeah. and really stupidly soft that lasts 50? Or how about go yeah. back to the 60s and just have one combat tyre for like four race weekends? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I like that, that is a myth, Joseph. That is not true. <laughs> that wasn't true. No, there, in any case, I think that... Um, this thing about the tires is one we were talking about this before. It's uh, another one of those artificial things made yeah, to yeah. make the sport the um, the sport more interesting. But uh, then in the end, it doesn't really work because the problem is not there. It's a uh, it's elsewhere. I mean, yeah, it's if they finally understand that they need to cut all these artificial things they continuously put. They'll fin they will understand that they finally get the formula to make it uh, exciting again. They need to cut all these um, these artificial things uh, that they are really not needed. I mean, PJ was right uh, before. The, I think that the uh, what he meant what he meant was that the focus should be on the driver rather than on the car and. Uh, yeah. I think I think it should be a little bit of both, surely. A little bit. Um, I, Mainly yeah. the driver, but the car yeah. and the tyres obviously have got a role to play, haven't they? Yeah, the, they've the, got a role to play, but they're a necessary evil. It's just no one goes to say, oh, God, did you see that? That soft tyre went 42 laps. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, no, I am yeah, not yeah. bothered. What I want to see is Vettel with so his you, arse hanging so out, I guess, going I sideways guess... around Luffield at 100 miles an hour. I guess you're not a fan of, of fuel saving either, Paul. No. No. Mm. It should be going as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, they've got, they've got five extra litres this season, which is going to make all the difference. In that. Oh, I don't want to hear drivers difference. about fuel saving, you know? like it's, I it's, just want, I want it to be, and I know it's probably roast into glasses, but when I were a youngster growing up, they were, they were proper men. They were older blokes in the mid-30s, big, strong fellas that r r hustled the car around. Ayrton Senna, in my opinion, is the greatest for all time. More than once, oh, yeah. he had to get lifted out of his car because he was physically spent pushing yeah. his machine from beginning yeah. to... And there's none of that anymore. You've got no. kids coming in now. Uh, Raikkonen, a few years ago, came in after like 23 car races. You've got youngsters coming in that are three stone wet through because of regulations some of they them don't are know really about tiny like george russell looks really skinny so this brings us on to the new drivers lando norris so george russell's racing for williams it's kind of also we can talk about williams and their racing's nightmare. a bit debatable for williams he's turning up in his clothing but oh, that's about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I, I was watching um some of the i had in the background because i was working from homestay with the pre-season was broadcast by Sky uh, so after one o'clock oh and, and and the Williams was just sat the old Williams from last year with the new livery was just sat in their garage, and I don't know what's the point of putting that there. But anyway, you know, so Claire Williams has basically come out and said, "Yeah, we think we're going to run Wednesday." It's disgusting. How, How the are you hell not ready? Can you have got the to, thing about it is Formula One. The design of the 2019 car probably started around January 2018. <clears throat> so you've got to design your part. You've got to send it for testing. Sorry, for QA. You've got to decide if it works. You've got to manufacture it. You've got to quality assure it. And then you've got to put it on the car. That doesn't happen in a week. That happens over months. So they must have known. It's no surprise that you've gone pre-season testing today. It's been planned all year. So why? How the hell have they got to the point where they're missing it by two or three days? Especially 
considering they're struggling so bad for the last few years. They need every second. They've essentially got two rookies in the car. Yeah. Kubitz yeah. is a rookie. I don't care. He's driven before. It's been eight years since he's been in Formula One. And uh, young Russell has had as much time in a Formula One car as I have. So it, yeah. they need track time. It's I can't believe they've done it. What a great team that have turned into an absolute joke. And I'm yeah. a Williams fan. Yeah, me too. I've always had a soft spot for them. You know, I'm more a McLaren fan, if I'm being honest. But, I've, you know, I've always supported the British team because, you know, yeah. that's just what I do. And, and you know, and I remember them with their heyday and, you know, and, and obviously things do change. But to get it so badly wrong already and, and you know, the rumours coming out of the camp, I was, there's um, <clears throat> the uh, F1... Um, writer for bbc was tweeting today and stuff out there it's all out there on twitter and you know and the rumors from the camp is the car is slower a lot slower than last year's car oh no <laughs> yeah way. so so yeah they're really so they may be like right at the back not even keeping up with the rest of the pack like it i don't know be... how they do it though they've got good facilities they've got a great technical guy in uh paddy low yeah it was fantastic. Well, there's how, something going on they... there. There's something going on with Paddy Lowe. I saw something earlier on as well. I don't think everything's great in the camp. Oh, um, God, that'll and, be a loss for And them. obviously, Rob Spenley recently left as well. Um, so, are, are there problems behind the scenes? I think there's got to be. There's got to be more to this not turning out for testing than just a manufacturing problem. There's got to be something that we don't know about. They're a team in turmoil. Big t- in fact, I'd go as far as saying I worry whether they'll be able to make the full season out. Yeah, is mm. there... Uh... That's general silence, didn't it, folks? Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> yeah. yeah, they may. Yeah, he's... I, I just... hope not, though, because, I mean, I should hate Williams because they're really good at sacking my favourite driver just after the one World Championship. They've done it twice with Mansell and Hill. So uh, I really should dislike them greatly. But there's just something about Williams. It's good for the sport to have a garage Easter team, a non-manufacturer, a team that exists only to go motor racing. I'm just pleased, that, I'm just pleased that Eyebrows isn't racing for them because I didn't particularly like him. And also, have you seen what he's got and bought a team? So, you know. Right, they've got more money than 90% of the world population. Why can't he cut his hair? Honestly, he's got complete. eyebrows that would make Liam Gallagher look like he's got alopecia. <laughs> and he's got this horrible, lank, greasy, long mane coming off the top of his head. It's just, it looks like something nestled on him and then died and no one shifted it. I don't know why, but that irritates me. That really gets on my nerves. <laughs> There was something about him at the end of the season. He just, I don't know, like, when you when he, when he gets interviewed, he's just like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I just... Well, so, to be fair, I just don't like for him. the bloke who just, like, wipes his backside with $1,000 bills, it's not entirely surprising that he's inherently somewhat unlikable. Yeah, yeah. I wish Jensen Barton was still in F1. And I'm going to miss Alonso. I, I'm, I'm going to miss Alonso. I'm re- genuinely going to miss him, I think. I'm you know, loving it though that Alonso's gone out there and he said, I'm a racing car driver. Yeah, yeah like, I do respect. And I will go in it and boss it. Respect to that. Yeah. And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you missed Jensen Button. Well, I've, I must have to add now that I've been watching the uh, back, the Nismo TV's uh, coverage of oh, yeah. the 2018 um, 
it was a super gt series yeah. that button was racing in and oh my word that is some that is a great watch and li- yeah. just listening to a button again and uh getting his uh interviews and it's just like oh my god it's he's, he's, he's back for sky sports this season which annoyed me a little that's bit. cool that's cool i like i like jb he yeah, seems like right. a nice guy and yeah. he's funny he yeah. works well with Martin Brundle. He's, he's I, like, think I think it, a lot of that I do with his dad. Rest, you know, rest his rest. His yeah, rest. yeah. Good his old dad John was such a great guy, and I think kept his son grounded. Um, and you know, actually, a little story about John Button. I did a bit of karting a few years ago uh, until it shocked me that you actually need so much money. It's scary to compete in karting. Could you fit in a kart? It was hilarious yeah, to I watch bet. me get into honestly over the steering wheel. Anyway, come on. It, it was like a really awkward orangutan trying to <laughs> wrestle. Trying to get in a cart. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it it would be hilarious. Make it even worse. We only had one set of overalls between four of us, and it was designed for somebody maybe a foot shorter than me. <laughs> so I had Michael Jackson length trousers. In this massive car, honestly, it was a joke. Martin Brundle were there once. I could have cried. <laughs> but uh, John, John Button were there. Uh, we used to him several times while we'd been out. And he is, he was even, should I say, bless him, just a really bloody nice bloke. We were just talking to him. We couldn't get the car started for whatever reason. They ended up being an airlock in it. Uh, it was really stressing us out. We'd got a Mark Four Escort. So the old E-Reg, so the scabby old Mark IV Escort, the go-kart hanging out the back. My other mate had got a Mark II Fiesta, and we ran out. Actually, our headlights broke on the way home, so we had to drive with no headlights at night while my guy drove in front of us with his headlights. to try. So we had nothing. We had like 50p to rub together, and there were all these big people there. Martin Brundle turned up with his son, and they'd got this massive camper van, and we were really struggling, and Button just wandered over, and he's like, all right, lad, what's up? And then get us like 25 minutes of his time to sort his go-kart out to get it running. The joke that we were compared to these outfits. He didn't have to do that. He would, oh, By this time, yeah. his son were an established Formula 1 driver. Yeah. And he just came over without any pretension, not any of this, I'm Billy Big Boy, look yeah. at me. I just like, all right, lads, what can like I do that. for you? Yeah. yeah what yeah, a dynamite. What a, and his son, in my opinion, from what I see on telly, Jensen, Looks just the same. I just, just go a to. Nice I like pizza. to go to. I mean, he does all these triathlon stuff, and he's cycling. What he's a nutter, but I love to sit in a pub and just have a pint with him. Yeah. He seems like a nice That's guy. Nice. Um, so we're running out of time, and I just want to kind of like you know, for what you've seen of the cars, the livery so far, which is your which is your favourite, Joseph? Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to act. It's not a popular opinion. I'm gonna have to say Williams. What I think I think <laughs> Williams. Okay. I, 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 the reason I like it is because it's one of the biggest changes and I like, I like change and I like seeing a livery develop and it's one of the biggest ones. My, the one that I don't like the most, Ferrari. I really it's don't like the fact red, that they've, it? it's not red. No, it's not red. And also it's Hang not on, shiny. <laughs> it, well, well, it, do you know what? They might, comes... go on, go on. No, I think that it, is the same colour they've used in previous seasons, but because they've got rid of the shine, it no longer looks red. Yeah, it, 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 it when the light catches it, because I was watching somebody sent me a video earlier on, so I tweeted out as race department going, you know, Ferrari, is it red? You know, like because it looks orange to me. But then somebody sent me a video, and you can see in the light, it it can look red, and then as soon as the, the sun hits it, it looks orange. But the it's thing is, be... Ferrari's blood red. For Scarlet Ferrari. Yeah. Go crying out loud. It's gonna, red. Surely the Italians are, are like are, are wanting to, you know, 
bury their heads in the sand right now and just ignore Davide's them. Davide's going crazy no, no, somewhere in Italy now about yeah. this. Go yeah, on, Davide. Yeah, yeah. No, you, wanna, stuck in sun. you want to hear the, the funny thing. When yeah. I saw the, the presentation of Ferrari, I thought the same, that it was terrible because the uh, combination also uh, red with that black wasn't looking uh, that great to me, so I, I didn't like it. But for some reason, here in Italy, everybody seems to like everybody, wow. and I don't under—I don't understand why. Because to me, it looks awful. But uh, here in Italy, everybody seems to like. Wow! So yeah, I'm surprised. Really I'm very surprised by that. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Jeffrey? Well, I think considering it looks like almost all of the field this year have had their cars designed by a five-year-old child painting with his feet. Uh, it's a hard question, Paul G. Oh, uh, gosh. Renault, I'm going to say. That's not because I particularly like the Renault. It's just the best of a really, really bad bunch. It looks like a really low-quality sim racing league where the teams aren't particularly professional and they just paint awful cars. I think they're all dreadful, honestly, this year. I don't really? know what's so happened. I, I, I immediately love the McLaren. I mean, that was just... I was interested to see what they're going to do with the Papaya this year and they just added a bit of blue and I... I really really like it also uh the alfa romeo i don't think it's yeah, terrible. yeah that's even, not bad. That's, you know red and white's a good a good mix um can you know, i have the, the, can red I... Ball, the red ball and the mercedes all kind of look how they looked last year really slight differences there but yeah the merc um, looks quite tasty i think they've done it's basic and it's very much like last year but it's quite neat yeah, i yeah. suppose i forgot about that one okay can i have uh, yeah. can i have 10 minutes to, to rant about alfa romeo <laughs> <laughs> no the, i i don't like anything about the champ uh, i mean uh, we are in italy also i speak for i don't speak right now. no no i don't speak for the nation <laughs> I'm becoming the new... Leon, also uh, known as uh, Gazzetto dello Sport. Go, yeah. fire down, eh? Yeah, from... I mean... Uh, we like the fact that uh, Alfa Romeo is back into the sport. That's sure, for sure. But... Uh, mm, there are some things that... Mm, I don't know... Mm, are not that great. First, uh, the fact that uh, the name uh, Sauber has been completely wiped out. That is something that uh, I don't know. It's, it's sad, sound... but, it, but it's the way the, the way what Joseph touched on at the beginning. You know, it's about the manufacturers now rather than the rather yeah. But it, I don't know. It, it really does not sound that respectful, or especially for a team with an history like Sauber to yeah. to to wipe out their name. I mean, when it, not even uh, uh, big teams like uh, I don't know BMW did the same. Sauber was uh, was always there. Uh, I think uh, a lot of it, though, is because team. Peter Sauber stepped away. So now Peter Sauber's not there anymore. It's kind of Sauber in name only. Yeah, but basically, yeah. This, this new Alfa Romeo team is uh, the junior team of the Ferrari, basically. Uh, also, yeah, delivery, but... delivery choice. Delivery choice. Uh, Alfa Romeo is Italian, so it should be uh, all red and it should yeah. have more right than the ferrari to be all red then but they chose this livery which is more white than red because it uh, otherwise uh, uh, ferrari maybe w 
wouldn't get, uh, um, uh, I don't know how to explain the, what I mean uh, in English, but uh, they did it to not have some sort of, uh, um, how do you say, conflict between the two. Yeah. So Alfa Romeo got uh, the, the, the one with the white theme uh, compared to Ferrari. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's beautiful that Alfa Romeo is back, but it's not so beautiful the way it's back. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Is Alfa Romeo would have got a Ferrari engine? What? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Alfa it Romeo nice sponsorship pay, deal, isn't pay him it? A homage, wouldn't it? I mean, if you look at Force India, you can understand why they're called Sport Pizza now because it's obviously it brings the money in. I mean, you see it in other yeah. sports. I mean, the sport that Mister PJ hates is football, but you've seen it when sponsorships come in and they, and you know, and a stadium has been called something for many, many years and now it's, suddenly it's called the Sports Direct Stadium or whatever it might might end up being. So, because it brings the money in and unfortunately the teams, you know, they need the money to survive. And yeah, I, I, I but I get what you, I, so I understand the heritage is important and I think, I think, I think you're right. Um, One, one last thing and I know we, I think we kind of touched it at the beginning, but is it overall, Paul, is F1 exciting? No, not in my opinion. I follow Formula One because I've always followed Formula One. If I were new to the sport, never seen it before, it would leave me cold. Okay. Davide, what are your thoughts? Mm, no, right now, no. I, uh, and the, some okay, of the drivers right. have come out and said it, haven't they? So, you know. Joseph, what do you think? I have not watched a Formula One race since 2017 Silverstone. Wow. Okay, I think that answers that. Um, You've not missed anything, Joe, don't worry. <laughs> <We've> got, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've missed three overtakes. We've, got, we've <laughs> gone over the time that I allotted I for this. I mean, we've talked about it. I, I, I just wanted to continue the conversation. But I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how Leclerc does at um, Ferrari this year and how Vettel handles that. He's um, too hopeful. You know, he, he's, he's thinking that, oh, yeah, I'm at Ferrari. I'm going to be all the way at the front. and be the He is a still a rookie in the whole scheme of things and yes he's going to be there at ferrari but he's alongside sebastian vettel he is going to be the botas to hamilton that's what he is no no i don't think i think he is no because i think the raikkonen was that i think raikkonen was that and i think and there's no way that if in the whole scheme of things which two are more likely to win a championship vettel or Leclerc, right now with experience it's going to be vettel and they're not going to say halfway he started cracking last season and i think that's why they've made this move i think if Leclerc's clever he'll keep his head down he'll cause no problems and he'll learn and soak up as much as he possibly can off vettel and then in 2021 he'll be the boss the thing, the thing with the, with Leclerc is that uh, it was uh, a long-term plan from uh, Sergio Marchionne to have uh, to have Leclerc in Ferrari. He was uh, uh, some sort of a uh, godfather, do you say in English, to, yeah, to yeah. Leclerc. So um, uh, it, it's basically um, his his plan that came uh, to be, even if uh, unfortunately he. He died last year. But um, the real problem for Leclerc is uh, the amount of pressure he already is already getting and he will get from uh, Italian uh, um, press journalists. You you cannot imagine. Um, the journalists here in Italy uh, have always been and uh, are 
yeah, still very, very um, aggressive towards uh, Ferrari drivers. Vettel has been completely crushed last year, and um, there are there are a lot of expectations. Yeah, but he wasn't uh, good enough last um, year. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but Vettel wasn't good enough last year. Yeah, I, yeah. I, have, I, I have... haven't seen what's been written in the Italian press, but you know, Hamilton just absolutely demolished him. I know it didn't look like in the championship, but the, his head went. Vettel's head went, and to run into. I mean, you remember he ran in the back of Hamilton. I mean. Who, you know, and then blames Hamilton and then just, just, I don't know. He just has, and then at Hockenheim, I mean, you know, I know, I know the conditions were pretty horrendous with the rain, but, you know, he threw that away. And for me, I just don't, you know, he's got to come back mentally stronger. You watch Hamilton come out, like I was watching a video, and he looks refreshed. He looks ready. Um, and that's really surprised me because towards the end of last season, I thought that, you know, the rumours are coming out, Hamilton wants to do music and this and that. And he just he just turned to the camera and went, I love motor racing. You know, and that pure moment in his eyes, I was like, he's going to do it again this year. He's going to do it again. But there are also, also two... Sorry, sorry. Go on, Darren, you're on. Man. No, uh, I'll be quick. It's the fact that they are that's two very said. different... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There are two very different um, uh, characters, way of uh, uh, of going into into this uh, this work, into this uh, sport. Um, Fettel is more; uh, uh, it, it tends to feel more the pressure and crack under pressure. Also, yeah. because he has a lot of pressure also in coming from Italian uh, press. Hamilton has a different uh, way of uh, of behaving, but remember also that when Hamilton starts to lose, and that is not uh, um, just last season, but also in his previous season, as as soon as he starts to lose, he starts blaming the car, he yes. starts he starts blaming the opponents, he say, he starts saying that they are using tricks. That uh, was a really an unfair thing to yeah, say. No, think, yeah, that's a valid especially point. coming from Mercedes, which is uh, yeah. I don't know. Here in Italy, we say that is uh, pa uh, their patron is uh, uh, the FIA because um, uh, a lot of things that uh, Mercedes does, uh, uh, their opponents are not allowed to do. So saying things like the Hamilton said are really unfair. And, uh, and then when he starts winning, he changes uh, uh, his attitude completely. It becomes a whole different person. I, I, um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, like, I like Paul, Paul PJ have the last word in a minute on this before, before we bring this to a close. But I, I, agree, I agree with what you've just said. But also, you know, what you've got to remember is Hamilton outperformed in, in a car that wasn't as quick as the Ferrari. Ooh, you know, stra stra debatable. strategically, they outdid Ferrari as well. The whole package was better. Like, the the Ferrari was quicker. There's no getting away from that. The Ferrari was quicker. And then Mercedes just, I don't know, just kept their heads. And in the pit stops and everything else, things just didn't go wrong for them. And there is a bit of luck, I'm sure, involved in it. But, you know, they just, the whole package. That's why, you know, the, the Ferrari have now got a new boss because things were obviously not quite right. But, PJ, last word on this and then we'll bring it to a close. Well, it's funny, actually, because Davide said very much what I was going to do about the Vettel-Hamilton dynamic. It's when Vettel's got the best car in the field like Hamilton has, he's untouchable. 
uh, the Red Bull days, perfect example. And it, Hamilton and Vettel are very, very similar, I think. And they often, this doesn't get noticed or mentioned much. As Davide said, when Hamilton's been beaten or when he's under pressure, for example, when Button were alongside him in 2010 to 2012, I think it was, uh, Hamilton cracked and he were making stupid mistakes. He were leaking confidential information to press, like the telemetry from Spa, whatever it was in 2012. Exactly like Vettel does. He were making, Vettel's got the weight of Italy on his shoulders, which is an aggressive weight at that. He's dry, I disagree with you, Paul, about saying that Ferrari had best car. I think it Mercedes by quite a way yeah. towards the middle and the end of the year. Vettel's, yeah. we all know it from sim racing or real racing or whatever. A lot of your speed, you can drive up to 90% of your ultimate pace, but the last 10% comes with confidence. Look at Mark Webber. When he were on form, it were brilliant. And then when he got it into his head that Red Bull supported Vettel, he cracked and went downhill. So Vettel. 2016, over... Lewis Hamilton, think about it with Rosberg and the team. Exactly. And what, what Vettel's got to do, he's got to carry an inferior car, but still expected to beat Hamilton, who knows he can turn up at any given weekend and he's got a beautiful chance of winning a race. And that is very difficult when you're driving. Hamilton can drive at 100% there is skill and walk away from the field because of his car. Vettel, to, to walk away from the field, has got to drive at 110% to make up for his car def deficit. And when you're driving 10% over the limit, all the time, you're going to make more mistakes than someone who's driving at 95 to 100%. So I think he's been, I mean, I'm no Vettel fan, don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan at all, but I think he's been given a massively hard time of it because he's having to overdrive to stay in competition with everybody and that's where mistakes are coming. And then they're getting compounded because you can see last year the title slipped away, starting to slip away. So he's making more mistakes because he's got to drive at 120% to make up the lost ground. So, uh, I think, given an equal car, Vettel would have it because Hamilton has done it all through his all through his career. He loses his head when he's not got absolutely everything on the mic. You can see when he's been interviewed from the things he says, the way he drives, and uh, yeah, if they start off level pegging this year, Mercedes and Ferrari, my money would go on Vettel. But I do think Leclerc will surprise a few people too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you yeah, you've made some valid points, but I still think you're wrong. Right. Can okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> Can I make one request before we close for yeah. future podcasts? Yeah. Can Davide just say Italian words because you've got like the coolest accent in the world? <laughs> just we'll finish with five minutes of Davide saying things in Italian because that's the Ferrari competizione. I said to To be honest, to be honest, I think that um, the comments to this podcast. Uh, are uh, going to be a lot of memes uh, of uh, Luigi's Pizza saying... I don't know if I will be in future podcasts because I think people will uh, <laughs> no, no, will no, destroy we, me. We, and... we, need, we can't just be the, all the Brits in this thing. Jeez, no. We, we like, <laughs> not, I know we like taking over the world, but jeez, come on. There's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we'll, we'll need you to probably post it because we won't better post a podcast into Europe soon because because uh, of Brexit. So uh, you'll have to do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a joke, of course. Um, so uh, before we um, close close out, um, Paul, do you want to quickly promote the YouTube that you did a Twitch streaming that you get up to for race department? Yeah, no problem. Uh, guys listening to this, due to the power of technology, we know where you live. So subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels or we will hunt you down one by one. Uh, 
no, joking aside, we've got a ever-growing Twitch and YouTube channel. On there, we're posting hardware reviews. We're looking at the latest sim racing software, mods. Paul's dodgy haircut. It's not dodgy, it's glorious. And, uh, <laughs> You're not dodging by the YouTube comments, my friend. Do you know, that irritates me, that. I spent so long doing that review. I took a day off work and everything. At first comments, like, oh, dude, your hair looks like you're from 80s. Number one, <laughs> it's the 60s. It's the 60s. God damn it. I love it. <laughs> I love two, it. Thank you for your input. I appreciate Not everybody's comments. haircut, that. That's what it is. Damn right, man. Damn right. But uh, yeah, we do a load of stuff on YouTube and Twitch, and uh, we would really appreciate you uh, popping over. Hoping, hopefully, you find something you like. But give us a like and a subscribe. Uh, it's a good way for us to get a little kick to see. Hey, it's been worth it. So uh, would appreciate that, guys. And stay tuned because I've got a whole ton of hardware that I need to be doing a review of very shortly. And there's loads of cool stuff happening, some that we can talk about, some that we can't just yet. So uh, stay tuned and find out all about it there first. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Joseph, you doing any streaming soon or anything like that? You got anything planned? Uh, well, I have got one planned uh, for uh, not uh, this week, but hopefully next week, which will be Dirt Valley 2.0, which I did buy literally about two hours ago. And he's dying on his dodgy internet. Uh, David Day, um, <laughs> what have you got coming articles-wise? I, I do like your articles, man. Uh, they, thank you. Thank you some, very much. You, you ask some good questions. And I, you know, um, I know that it wasn't one that we particularly wrote, but one of our users put one about the VR user base growing, and that sparked quite a quite a debate. <laughs> um, so what's what's it, what can we see from you coming up soon? Um... I've got uh, already a um, couple of articles to uh, to go on the uh, to go on uh, race department, uh, but um, I don't know. I think that in the near future, I would like to uh, focus a bit more, if people like it, uh, on reviews uh, about uh, docu films, like for example, Gentleman Drivers. But yep, there are yep, also yeah, a couple yeah. more lots of great stuff and um, yeah. and books. Uh, uh, books about, of course, uh, motor racing, motorsports. So I would like to focus more on that if people like it. Otherwise, we'll, uh, we will uh, go on, uh, on other subjects. Awesome. Great stuff. Right. Uh, also, we're on, I think I mentioned it before, I manage the social. So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. We just hit 3,000 users on Instagram. I can't quite believe it. Um, yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think we hit 2,000 in October. So that's that's not bad growth, that. Um, I'm going to take all the glory. Um, and then uh, we're on Twitter. We, we're about 17,000 followers there. We, we'd love a few more. Um, and we recently got followed by um, an actual Formula 1 driver, which is uh, pretty amazing. So Not Max, Max like Staffel blowing your own horn right He's like, yeah, I know. I know. So check us out. Um, you know, really and also, blowing your own horn, don't they, Joe? Also, uh, <laughs> you could... Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit us, like it, uh, subscribe it, tell your friends if you like it. If you've got any suggestions, hit us up on the Race Department Forum. Also, tweet us, message us on Facebook. You know, we listen. Um, so if you've got any ideas for us to talk about, we're all ears, right, guys? What do you say? We're listening. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These funny little... Right. Uh, so uh, just time to say thank you to Joseph Wright for joining us this evening. Well, thank you very much for having me. No, thank you very much for doing the first episode. David A, an absolute pleasure having you tonight. Thank you, thank you. Ciao. <laughs> hey, look at that. And uh, PJ, thank you again. And um, enjoy, enjoy making your videos, sir. 
Been emotional, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, everybody. So, great stuff. Uh, so, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. We're in iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're in everywhere. All, all your favourite podcast apps, you can find us. Uh, check us out. Um, and like I say, if you want to, got any questions, answers for us, chuck them our way on the uh, socials. I've been Paul Glover. This has been The Race Department, episode one of our brand new podcast of 2019. Thank you very much and cheerio. Whoa! <laughs>